1: Welcome to another edition of A Deeper Look. I am joined by my partners in crime, Egberto Willies and Joel Seagull. It was a sight that has never been seen in American history—a scene more suited for a superhero movie, using the Capitol as a da- backdrop. Unfortunately,
3: come out. Um, I should get rid of that. No, what we got to do is um, we got to figure out a way for. Karen to be able to read and then look directly into the picture. So we got, if we can figure that out, we're good.
0: So you have a, you can, there, there are programs to do that teleprompter where you can bring your text into I it. Oh, yeah. It's hard and, to do uh, it. Without,
1: like, the oh, you know what? I might, wait, wait. It, there's can
0: a I teleprompter. This, that, I might uh,
1: be able to put this on the computer that's behind me. Let's see.
0: Okay. Let's see if I oh, can. boy. Hey, what do you think about us winning a Georgia man?
3: I I, I I did I, I did not uh, I didn't expect it. I, I've been uh, on the phone with um, the executive director of the Atlanta PD of the um, NWCP, and we're we're going to move forward on what I'll, I'll talk about a little bit today. But I, I didn't expect it. I went to bed at eleven o'clock. And the Republicans were winning. I woke up at five, and we were winning. So it was. Uh,
0: oh, <laughs> I, I'm going to call you lazy, man. I I waited till those numbers changed. I looked at those numbers, and I said, in the in the even I told my daughter we going to win. She said, Dad, don't jinx it. I'm saying, no, baby, we win in this one because when we when I saw Atlanta, man, I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh we got this baby, we got well, this baby.
3: What they're saying is that it was the black rural vote that made the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah I believe that towns they made the the, the Republican big smaller. They made those big Republican uh, counties uh, uh, smaller with the vote that they brought. You see, Stacey Abrams is smart. She went, you know, what the Democratic Party does, they always go to the big cities and they try to do everything with one soup. And they hire all these consultants that know absolutely nothing. Uh, Stacey Abrams went and got folks like Greg Pallas, who did some legal work and investigative. In fact, I had Greg Pallas on two times last week. And, you know, the uh, Good guy. yeah, he, I love Greg, you know, uh, we worked together on a few things. So, I mean, um, so in fact, it, it, I, I tweeted his stuff today. He have a new thing out. He found one of the guys who were out there in DC was one of the guys who he kind of fingered in, uh, in, in Atlanta, same guy from the Republican party.
3: Well, I think, um, so the NAACP had 19, 19- in 19 counties, they had organization. And um, Monday at five, you guys should be on the Zoom call because he's gonna explain on this national coalition what I wanna know what's the Georgia miracle? What What did they do and examine it? And I'm doing, we're gonna do a town hall at George Mason because we gotta, if we can replicate what they did in Georgia and all these swing states, we could win indefinitely. Um, we could win the South. We go in the south because that formula that they did in georgia it was unions NWCP, Stacey abrams with so many different groups but for a jewish guy that's 32 to win the senate a jewish guy and a black rever- yeah, I know.
0: no but not only it's not only that he's a jewish guy he's young in fact i You're think nice. the only reason he underperformed warnock People were putting in the woman's card in there. I don't know if this one was a woman's card. I think this was an age card. I think it's because he was young and, you know. 32. Right. He's very young, very young senator. So you ready, Karen?
1: I am. Let's rock (laughs) it. Hello, and welcome to A Deeper Look. Um, I have my cohorts in crime with me, Egberto Willis and Joel Siegel. It was a sight that has never been seen in American history, a scene more suited for a movie. Unfortunately, this was no film. Trump supporters scaled the lower walls of the Capitol building and then used ropes to hoist themselves up to the dome, which has stood as an international symbol of American democracy for nearly 200 years. The same president that stood on the west front of the US Capitol nearly four years ago and told the American people that he would make loyalty to the country the bedrock of his politics, now urged his supporters to take to the streets of the Capitol to stop the election from being stolen by the radical left. Never mind that the President has lost 60 appeals and numerous recounts in in his determination to remain in power. So on Wednesday night, the president of law and order directed his foot soldiers to attack the very principles of democracy and wage war in the streets of the Capitol. Trump followers seized the Capitol and forced their ways into the offices of both the House and the Senate demanding, forcing law enforcement to spirit away lawmakers to an undisclosed location. The Trump supporters broke into the speaker's office and made themselves at home on the Senate floor with very little resistance from the few law enforcement officials on the scene. Why were there so few officers present when Trump had been calling for his supporters to make a stand against the certification of the vote in Congress for weeks? The National Guard and a still undetermined military force lined the streets in Washington last summer during the Black Lives demonstrations. And in June of 2017, disabled protesters whose only crime was protesting the proposed elimination of the health care benefits that keep many of them alive were dragged from their wheelchairs and forcibly removed. So why were these thugs, many of whom were elected officials from outside Washington, DC, allowed to run amok while taking selfies of the carnage they left behind? I don't know why.
0: But I tell you one thing, I'm going to, um, uh, there, there's an interesting thing, Karen and Joel, that got to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it this way, this one has nothing to do with the actual insurrection. It had to do for me with the, rea- that these people were fearless against armed police officers. Uh, somebody like myself, when I see a an, a police officer armed or not, there's always uh, a lump in my throat. I am a professional. I've been in this country a very long time. And if there's a cop behind me, but there's a cop in front of me, not even to speak about at a rally, I stay away from cops. <laughs> I, I found it I, 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 it, I think it showed a, a microcosm of America in that you saw right away that different people have different views of law and authority law and authority and i think you know people you know people were concerned about oh, how could this happen we all knew like you said karen this was all over the internet we knew this was coming we just thought that if these people were met with the presence of an officer that somehow they would react differently and they didn't And as you said in your piece, it just shows that in this country, the value of your life is gradated by melanin and other other issues.
1: I agree. I totally agree. It was almost as if they knew they weren't going to get a lot of pushback. Yeah.
0: And I think, uh, and I don't think it was a... they knew they weren't going to get a pushback. And I think if you take a look at society at large, I think that's generally how it works. So what I thought that showed is while that was an insurrection that police, the police there should have handled the 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 daily insurrection that happens throughout America. In other words, people's confrontation with police on an individual basis is very different. So if you go ahead and watch uh, how, let's say, a uh, a white person is stopped by a police officer, and I know that's not the subject, but I think I think there's a lot of pe- there's a lot that we're going to get out of this insurrection. Uh, when you see uh, the the timidity with which police officers, irrespective of the police officers' race, how they treat the other compared to how they treat the majority population, I think. America, for once, got to see it in the aggregate, with with tens of thousands of people at once.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Joel, you're quiet.
3: You are. <laughs> he is. Well, um, I think this shows that uh, MAGA MAGA launched launched its movement um, on its assault on the capital. I, I I really think this is a day that will live in infamy. But to the of the MAGA movement. This was a great uh, success to them, and I, I think that the discussion that we have to have now is a very serious discussion about who are these people, how do we prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law, um, and then we're, we have a crisis of who people believe in. I think the AM radio, um, these, you know, Rush Limbaugh and these Fox News, the Impact that they have had on American citizens is very, very, very adverse because one of their narratives was that they're trying to stop communism and socialism. I really think that they believe this, and until we start pushing back on AM radio and Fox News and lead boycotts of these radio stations who have these, you know, uh, right-wing talk shows, I think we're in big trouble. The second thing is.
1: Now serving F27 at DMV window number 16.
2: Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect,
1: Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson Ricky at Fort Bragg, then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am.
2: Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May third, twenty 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid.
3: I think we have to introduce legislation to outlaw the KKK, white nationalist groups. Um, we have to outlaw them because all they do is advocate violence, and and they're organized to hate. And now they just tried to take over the capital. So <laughs> they, they may look like buffoons. But they're not buffoons. I mean, people thought Hitler was a buffoon, right? You know, he was a funny little man until he burned down the Reichstag with the Nazi Party. But I think MAGA is here to stay. And we better start having conversations about who these people are. How do we um, begin to really uh, reduce their influence within the Republican Party, within the country? They are not going away. And what Trump has done is he, what David Duke, the former Imperial Wizard of the KKK, and George Wallace couldn't do, Trump has done in four years. But I'm very concerned about um, MAGA. I think that if we don't have discussion about putting people to work at a good wage, these people are disaffected. A lot of them have high school educations. We're going to have to really think through how we get everyone to go to college. Bernie Sanders talked about tuition-free college. Their demographic is white. Their demographic is high school-educated many of them from the rural areas and uh, uninsured, unemployed. But we're going to have to go very, very deep uh, into also voter suppression. The the growth of MAGA is the growth of voter suppression, too.
0: Now, I want to I challenge you on one thing, though, um, because based on what I said and based on what you're saying. Because, first of all, everything that you said there, I agree with 100%. right? Um, but I want to I personalize it some a bit, um, Joel, because when you when you look at when you when you say all those things that you just said which which is true right i am not confronted by maga people on a daily basis right. i am not confronted by all these crazies on a daily basis they come out of the corners out of the roach slots out of all these places you know every so often but i'm i'm confronted by the police officers every time i go outside and i'm not trying to change the discussion i'm trying to say what was evident here is that we could see straight up that uh, that there is a difference in the way. Uh, in other words, our immediate problem. I mean, pro- the MAGA problem. To I-, I tell a lot of my um, progressive this right. A lot of times, the MAGA problem upset a lot of my white brothers and sisters more than it affects me, right? Because I live the MAGA experience not only with MAGA people but with some progressives themselves some right-wingers themselves but the police problem the problem that 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 we are able to see right out there that uh, I can't run away from that I can't hide from that once and I can see it right we got to see right out there that there is a different treatment that we that, that that it's a major problem that we should add to our repertoire of things that we're looking at.
3: What we have to, if, if those had been Black Lives Matter protesters, they would oh have been please, shot. they would have been dragged and beaten. Right. It would have been, It would have been. It would have been Tiananmen Square, like like in China, 1989. Right. Um. I, Karen, and I worked on Capitol Hill, and I remember when I would walk into the security in the morning, they were some uh, good old boy rednecks. I'm not going to even be pleasant about it. I'm not going to be politically correct. They were rednecks. We have police officers who took selfies with with these terrorists. Then Mm -hmm. apparently they took the barricades down, but there has to be a congressional investigation from Homeland Security. They're going to have to hail in these um, Capitol police officers and ask them some very, very serious questions. Like, why didn't you do your job? And um, that's number one. Number two, there needs to be more black and Latino police officers. Karen, you remember there weren't very many black and Latino police officers that worked on Capitol Hill, um, but yeah, there's no doubt that the demarcation between melanin and people like me who are melanin challenged, um, you know, you, you, you right? I'm, I'm severely melanin challenged. Um, it was w- was so was so apparent. But the question I'd like to ask both of you is what did you think their goal was? What was the MAGA terrorist, what was their goal? Well,
1: I'm going to start if that's okay. And the answer is twofold. It's part A, part B. What was their goal? Their goal was to stop the certification of the vote so that Trump could retain power. However, because they're not terribly bright, And Trump is not terribly bright. They didn't have a plan. Rolling around yourself around in Nancy Pelosi's chair will not stop the certification of the vote. You can hang from the ceiling like Spider Man, but that's not going to stop the certification of the vote. If they had a plan, the plan would have been we're going to go in there and get those certificates, destroy them. And then at least we can slow down the certification of the vote. But they didn't seem to have a plan.
0: You know, Karen, you just hit the the, the nail on the you just hit the nail on the head, right? In other words, they you know the, the, you know what you, you know what I think all of this proves. I think this proves how easy it would have been if if Trump had a modicum of intellect, and the people that 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 uh, drove this thing had a modicum of intellect. I think that they would have succeeded. They would have succeeded because there are several things they could have done, right? They could have grabbed the boxes of all the ballots and burned them. Exactly. They could have uh, they could have kidnapped a few and killed a few of our our legislators, which uh, would have helped. Which would have meant we got new elections for those people who are missing, and maybe Trumpsters could get more of their people in because people would be scared to go out to vote now that the right wing shows that they can kill. The, I mean, there are all kinds of scenarios that I could see that I would have, that most Americans would never have thought is possible in America. We, shows, we showed how fragile our democracy. democracy is with a tyrant at the head of it. But here is the kicker. These guys were there simply because they wanted their country back. And um, I interviewed today mm-hmm. Helen Lee Boyke. Bo- uh, Okay, she's a she write, she is a uh, she runs a, a group called the um, reboot.org or, or reboot the reboot foundation where uh, she's talking about uh, fake news and critical thinking. And one of the things that she, she pointed out was these people are seeking something that's imaginary. In yeah. other words, they're they're looking at something that that, that's never there. It's like what I've said, I think, in a few shows. They're looking for something or, or thinking that they, they're, they want to get back something that they never really had. But that their masters, the plutocracy, made them believe we, people like the blacks, the Latinos, is, are taken from them. And that's why I say you have to engage these guys to let them know, no, both of us are actually being
3: screwed what 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 are the blacks and latinos taking away from white people that nothing really I, nothing. I mean so i i've heard this narrative um blacks and latinos are taking away something mm-hmm. from white people so i know that the maga people believe that the immigrant population that they had to build a wall that you know didn't even okay, but see, clumber. no we're
1: taking away the american dream it's and i agree with egberto we're taking away, they never, what they think they're fighting for was not and is not theirs. Right. They are not going to inherit some lifestyle, the American dream or whatever, it, on on just on the basis of being white. I am white, therefore I'm going to make this amount of money. I'm going to live in this neighborhood and I will have this kind of lifestyle. You didn't, Your your father didn't, his father didn't, but in all that time, they haven't figured out that's not something that's going to be given to do.
0: But you know what, Karen? You know what is interesting? The master. You know, I, I have this thing, and I and, and I have uh, where I, I talk about we're all slaves. I always talk about our system is a new form of slavery, and it's very efficient, right? Because when I was a slave, I was property. When I was property. You had to feed, you had to maintain me, right? You, you right. had to maintain your car. You had to feed me. You had to give me insurance. Well, insur- you had to give me healthcare. You had to give me clothes because I was your property and I had to keep chugging along and working. You're an employee now. I don't have to give you anything. If you can't do the job, bye-bye, and I don't lose any capital. And now the thing about it is while it was only black folk that, were, that had to be looked at as capital now, nobody's looked at as capital, the, the people that is, which means the master no longer care about anybody. So, exactly. even so, so, white people have become the new slave, the antiseptic slave. Black people have always been the, have transitioned into the, the same slavery that white people, the average white person that is, have always been. It's always been a small amount of people that controlled everything. And as long as they keep white person against black person, against Chinese person, against this, and that's why I said that is why when Joel talk about um, we have to figure out what's going on with MAGA, that's why I always say I, I'll give a MAGA guy a hug. Say, hey, brother, <laughs> you know, give the MAGA guy a hug because I'm telling you, they they are, it's not their fault. It's how they there, were conditioned.
3: The, well, there's a manipulatocracy. And wait, I, say it
0: again, Joel. Joel, you got to say that word again,
3: dude. <laughs> <The> manipulatocracy. <laughs> The manipulatocracy is Fox News, <laughs> the AM radio, right-wing DJs. So when you wake up in the morning in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, and you turn on AM radio, all of a sudden you're hitting with a barrage of lies. Democrats are communists. They're socialist. Every member of Congress is a socialist because they're being paid by the government. Right. Karen and I, we used to be socialists because we used to work— <laughs> right? We were socialists. And, and, um, but I, the one thing I want to raise too about race is um, the Electoral College is the most dangerous policy that we have because as long as you have the Electoral College and the majority of the will of the people cannot be expressed at the ballot box, that gives rise to authoritarian dictators. A Donald Trump can get re-elected again if we do not eliminate the Electoral College, which was founded by slave-owning states that were worried about the tyranny of the majority. What they were worried about were the heavily populated areas in the Northeast who could take away um, their slave-owning rights and their property by having this Electoral College. And if we don't start talking about getting rid of the Electoral College, I'm very involved in this right now. And the idea is to have Um, It's called the national popular vote. National popular vote movement is whatever state, um, whoever wins the popular vote running for president, the state's electors must go, um, you know, to, to that person who won. I mean, what other, you know, office is determined by an electoral college? It's, first of all, it's very confusing we are a, we're not a democracy. We are an electoral democracy. And as long as we are an electoral democracy, we're a quasi democracy. Uh, a Donald Trump can emanate out of nowhere again and get elected, but no one is bringing up in the press the, da- the danger of the electoral college, which cool. is how Trump got into office. It's how George W. Bush got into office. Um, and then gerrymandering. Wait,
1: wait, let me cut you off right there. Okay. Uh, I like everything you say, and I agree with everything you say, but there's one thing that has been overlooked, and that is Trump is an imbecile, okay? (laughs) And he got a bunch of little idiots. Why don't you
3: say that, Karen? Aren't
1: you being overly (laughs) critical? (laughs) Wait, hear me out. He got a bunch of idiot minions who follow him, and look at what they almost accomplished. So if you actually got somebody with a brain in there and maybe some little minions that, that exactly. could reason, I mean, because we're talking about some really stupid people. Here's some folks running around in the house and not not in a group of like, I don't know, a hundred people couldn't figure out that the way to stop the certification of the vote is to make off with the certificates.
0: <laughs> I mean, a
1: hundred like people. Like Ted Cruz? Couldn't figure that out. You mean like Ted Cruz?
0: But you know what is also funny? You're right. Uh, The the other thing is, what's funny is not only that to take pictures, uh, doing something illegal and post. I know,
1: and post them to yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, he's an idiot. But my point is, what we need to do is look at the democracy, not just the electoral Congress.
2: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates.
1: But all of it, that here's a man who is an imbecile who came in and said, I'm going to rip apart the State Department. I'm getting ready to destroy the. Uh, the um.
0: And he did it.
1: And he did it. I mean, he like ripped out all the people. I'm going to install people who are dumb as I am so I can do whatever I want done. I'm going to put bar at the top of it because he's going to do whatever I say. He's going to be my personal attorney. I'm going to. I'm going to disseminate all of these institutions, and then was able to do it. So we need to look at how do we protect our democracy? Democracy, because every time we've had this kind of a crisis, every time it gets worse. Now Bush, everybody thought he was horrible. Until they met Trump. Now just imagine somebody worse than Trump
0: smart well you know it seems like the republican though they work inversely from others you know we kind of get smart people and they kind of get somebody a little bit dumber each time because again uh when we got reagan no well actually that's not completely true because reagan was reagan was pretty dumb he just had good people uh uh but then you got bush two bush one which bush one is a pretty smart guy but his son wasn't didn't have a lot of stairs, and then we got trump uh, interesting. And that's
1: what I'm saying. And but see, the problem, the reason I don't think so much that they intend to get dumb people, but you're asking someone to stand up and say, what well, you've never had the courage to say, because you understand the political ramifications of that. So well, that's here's, true. so here's the, the irony Not- of it. How do you find someone dumb enough to stand up and say, you know, we're going to ban all the Muslims, we're going to send all African folks back to Africa, (laughs) we're going to send all the Mexican people back over to Mexico. You need somebody dumb enough to say this publicly and still be able to achieve what you want. So you're going to end up with somebody a little on the stupid side.
3: Karen, Egberto, Donald Trump got the second most votes in the history of our nation. Imagine that. Um, (laughs) Al Gore... Uh, got, Al Gore in 2000 got the most votes ever for anyone running for president. He lost. Um, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. She's not. She never became the president. Um, so, you know, was it Forrest Gump who said, stupid is as stupid does? <laughs> so you, you've got, you know, you've got a guy who ran for office, and here was his platform. I'm going to build a wall and keep rapists out from – Mexico, I'm going to ban Muslims. And then he ruined the economy. He could not handle COVID 19. And se- was it 75 million people or 74 million people voted for Trump? Egberto? 74. All right. 81 really, Here's why I'm frightened about the future of America and MAGA. I posit if COVID 19 pandemic had never happened and the economy was good, Trump would have been reelected. You're absolutely again. right. Which la- well, so I'm no,
1: ask- I'm gonna say I would, I would, I would submit to you that even if it the works. economy was in a toilet and we were dying of COVID nineteen, if he had just pretended to care, he'd still be president.
0: You okay. know, actually, Karen, you're right as well.
3: Yes, I, I agree with you. But here's yes. what's scary to me: what's scary to me is when I talked to people in my sister's apartment complex, and I say, "Why, why did you vote for um, Trump?" because I believe he cares about me. Mm-hmm. And, and and there was a great economy going on. I said, no, no, he inherited the Obama economy. Right. But the fact that this guy with no accomplishments gets 75 million votes, then I have to ask the next question. What happens in two years during the midterms? Because typically what happens is um, you get a Democratic president Democrats start running as Republicans, and then we lose the House, and then the Democratic president can't get anything passed. I think we have to take the Georgia model of getting um, uh, these two senators elected who are Democrats and Biden and replicate it in every swing state. And if we don't do that, we're in bad shape. But number two, Democrats better start running as populist, or they're going to they're gonna flip the The Congress because most people don't even know what a Democrat even stands for. And I think if including the Democrats what's that? Including the Democrats. Even Democrats
0: don't know what Democrats stand for.
3: No, they don't know what they stand for. And so they run as moderate Republicans they blacks and brown people and students go, I don't want to vote for you because I can't pay my bills. I can't go to college. I can't get health care. You're not talking about that. I can't go to college. I'm worried about climate change. But the larger question, I think, is how do we replicate the Georgia model and the swing states? That is something that I'm working on right now, forming a coalition of conscience to create a new 21st century election protection, get out the vote movement, where there is a foundation that funds the Stacey Abrams all across the country. And we introduce legislation in Congress that's progressive. So when Democrats run, they're running on legislation that's going to touch people's lives. And it, that, the Democratic Party is not going to do that on their own. We're going to have to make them do it.
0: I think that if you take a look at what Stacey Abrams did, that is what she did. She, she just disassociated herself from the Democratic Party. She formed an organization, did what she needed to get done, brought in people uh, as allies and, 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 you know, brought in, uh, well, I don't remember all the names of the groups. There's a, I, for, I forgot all the names right now. But, I mean, brought in a whole lot of good people. And got the job done. And I think you're right, we can replicate that all over. Now, uh, the one thing we can, and we, I, I, you're also right that we have to become populist, because especially after the, the dire straits that Americans are in right now, we're going to have to become populist. I think we only have about a couple of minutes uh, left in our, in our time schedule here. So um, what's, what's our What's our goal? What's what's our give off for today? What can we tell people to go ahead and do to actually make a difference, Karen? What do we need to do?
1: I think we need to, um, well, first of all, we need to call out, just like COVID exposed all the inequities in healthcare, Uh this March on Washington exposed white privilege in the face of law enforcement. I mean, they were scaling walls and carrying on. If it had been me, I'd have been dragged out by the neck and hung on one of those ropes. So we need to call that out because that was clearly, you know, that was white privilege at work. I'm white, I'm going to tear up. You know what is
0: good from, I'm glad you said that because I think uh, when I saw a few of the white hosts on TV, uh, for them, it, they, they saw it right away and that they articulated it without, without any rem- – I mean, they actually articulated that this is what is occurring. And it was great seeing them do that because a lot of a, – a, they, they try to sugarcoat a, this stuff a whole lot of times. I can tell you that if you watch MSNBC or CNN, it was not sugarcoated at all.
3: I, I agree. I mean, I think, um, well, Karen, you were raising the, um, concept of stupidity. <laughs> um, and, and, uh,
1: not having lack of a plan. <laughs> I,
3: I, I have to tell you now people aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think we have to look at ignorance and stupidity among the progressive movement. And I'll tell you why there, I think the last six elections out of seven, We've, Democrats have won the popular vote for presidency. There are more progressive and more Democrats in this country than there are right-wing Republicans. The Black Lives Matter movement is what the future of America is going to look like. We had Blacks, Latinos, progressive whites fighting for criminal justice reform. The question is, how does the, the majority that keeps winning over and over again, presidential elections to vote Democrat, why are we fragmented? Why are we in all these silos? It's real simple what we got to do. We have to create one progressive rainbow coalition that has a lot of money. We got to run our own people for office. We have to fight back together as an extended family. We did this with the universal health care movement under Mr. Conyers' leadership. And until the progressive movement begins to have a conversation with itself, how can we now be in the majority, but then be in the minority in terms of winning and losing General Assembly seats? If we don't have that, and that's what I'm hoping this show will do.
1: Okay, but we don't have a plan. Just like those folks ran up in the White House or whatever and tear up stuff and carry on and didn't like- have a plan. We don't have a
0: plan. I like what he's I, I like what he's uh, saying. I so plan. I like what he's saying. So I'm saying now. Okay, no, okay. our next show. Uh, our next show, Joel. Uh, I, I I think you've articulated that program that that problem perfectly. Let's have another sh- the next show where we actually start talking about enumerated solutions. Uh, a to- plan. To, to, uh, to do that, because I think that, 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 that'll hold up, on, uh, hold up pretty tight. But I think you've, you've seen the problem a lot. We, we are segmented, we are, or is it segmented?
3: Is it segmented, the yeah, word? Yeah, segmented, we're, we're, we're fragmented. Fragmented,
0: that's the word I'm looking very for, Very yes. poor
3: leaders, ego, the, the nonprofit industrial complex. Right. But the growing demographic in 2045, our nation is going to be majority-minority. The only reason why we don't have a progressive legislative agenda, while we're not dominating um, electoral races, is because we have very, very, in my opinion, poor leaders. we got to have more leaders of color in the progressive movement. We need more black women and more brown women and more black and brown men to be in the leadership. The progressive movement has been dominated by people who look like me. Not as good looking as me. No, I'm kidding. Um, But... um, (laughs) They, they have no sense of humor either and they don't they're not very funky they're kind of boring um
0: and you know what they, they can't play a, a hell of a bass like you either
3: man they can't touch <laughs> it on the bay. And um, but i mean i would like to see karen morgan i'd like to see egberto i'd like to see people like you both in in leadership and um i will just say that as an architect of the progressive democrats of america and the universal health care movement we have proven karen am i right we have proven time and time again throughout history that Martin King being the best example, I think, and Mahatma Gandhi be another example, and Mandela. What do Mandela and Gandhi have in common? One was black and one was brown. Why don't we study black and brown history more and say, hmm, Mandela got rid of the apartheid government. Gandhi pushed out the British. What did they had?" One had the Indian National Congress, the other had the African National Congress. Do we, can we not like be somewhat smart for a second and replicate black and brown leaders and black and brown history and study it and replicate it? It's already in front of us. With that in the Philippines too.
0: With that, Joel, uh, since I am the timekeeper, I'm going to ask uh, the, the best looking person on the show to you. bring us home.
1: Karen? Okay, well, I want to thank you for uh, hanging out with us for an hour. And I invite you to join us again on A Deeper Look next week. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating Real Human Education Resources. Truly digestible financial news and a platform that lets you invest in your own way on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here and it includes you. Robinhood investing is risky. Robinhood financial LLC.
2: At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity insurance wholeheartedly for you.